Welcome to the Multiversal Cues. I'm Luke. I'm Devin. And we're... Multiversal Q. I thought you were going to say you were to talk about Agents of Atlas and their origin, but... Are we? Fine. Do you want to just start over? Hi, I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And we're... Here to talk to you today about the greatest super team ever, the Agents of Atlas. Uh, we're going to be learning today about what if the Avengers were created in the 1950s, which is what if number nine. From volume one, which was written by Don Glutt, with art by Alan Kupperberg and Bill Black, lettering by Tom Orzakowski, and colors by Carl Gafford. And concept and editing by Roy Thomas. You have to get that Roy Thomas in there, don't you? Yep. Just like they had to put in Tubby Washer. Yeah. It, it's still weird seeing, like, the classic washer where he looks less of a giant baby and more of Dwight Eisenhower or many of the other political leaders that we see in this issue. It's true. And he has pupils, which is also something that's always thrown me off. <laughs> I, I kind of like his just hollowed, creepy white eyes that they do in his more modern appearance. Yeah. Christian did R.I.P. Watcher. 2014. <laughs> yeah, that was 2014, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay. But uh, this story starts off in the 616 with the current team of Avengers, Thor, Iron Man, Beast, Captain America, and Vision looking through the dimensional transporter, which is pretty much the what-if machine, right? Basically. Apparently it's how the Squadron Supreme got through. For some reason, Iron Man decided, we have to go to space to look at this machine. And uh, when we get in, we get to see the Black Dragons, the most vicious gang of motorcycle punks in all of Chinatown. It's true. And they're out to get everyone's favorite FBI secret agent, Jimmy Woo. And Jimmy is definitely in trouble at the start. Until we get everyone's... For most forgettable agent of Atlas, even though they aren't the agents of Atlas here. Uh, 3D Man. Now, 3D Man is a weird character. Yeah. He's kind of the conglomeration of... He's two people with the power of three. Yeah. Let's... Which, yeah, it doesn't make sense why he's called 3D Man if he only has the power of two people. But that's probably why Parker kicked him out of that run. That and, uh... He had a big part to play in Secret Invasion, which was back when Marvel was really planning those events pretty far in advance. Back with the Skull, Scroll Kill crew? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Scroll Kill crew. From the weird, weird days of Grant Morrison and Mark Millar. Mark Miller. Yep. No, yeah, Marvel doesn't plan their things out anywhere near as much. Which is nice, considering how uh, Age of Ultron turned out and had it been teased since the beginning of that. Run of Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turned out to suck. Yes. Which we're going to cover in a couple weeks, kids. Yeah! But, yeah, what's it called? Yeah, it pretty much all culminated with Avengers versus X-Men. That was yeah. kind of where all their events were leading to from Bendis's Avengers Disassembled. Yeah. Through House of M all the way to AVX. Which I really liked. Yeah, and uh, the third part of this initial team-up is Marvel Boy with the Silver Bullet. 
Bob the Uranian. A poor boy and his father try to blast off to avoid the Nazis by escaping to the moon. But he got lost along the way and ended up on Uranus. But he's not the lovematic grandpa? Nope. The Wysocratic grandpa? Yep. Ew. Wait, I'm not allowed to sing anymore. Luke's singing, guys. Kill him. <laughs> Tweet him hate messages. Hashtag fire Luke. But you know who else would uh really hate singing? Yellow Claw. Everyone's favorite villain? Well, except for people who have an issue with the incredible racism of the Yellow Claw. But it was in the 1950s. Yeah, but that doesn't make it retroactively not racist. Yeah, but it, people seem to not remember when these things were written. I'm not saying that it's not racist, but you got to think back to this time. It, like, let's look at all the like Russian people that Tony Stark fights during his early days. Yeah, they're all it's... horribly grotesque monsters with some version of red in their name. I mean, it was basically this was still during our point with the Cold War, when it's just like rah rah rah. Well, we'll get Fuck back. yeah, America! Well, we'll get back to our Cold War uh, supervillains in a bit. Marvel Boy ends up going to Africa. Take a drink every time we have to mention Africa as a location as opposed to a specific country or city within Africa. It just refers to the jungle. Yeah, you know, the jungle of Africa. Dude, everyone loves the jungles of Africa. Especially Jan of the Jungle and Gorilla Man. This was during the 1950s when they didn't know what Africa was. <laughs> At that point in time, we'd only been doing um, colonialism for like a hundred years. How are we supposed to know? <laughs> well, we were taking over a lot of those uh, cities and yeah, installing it, European governments. That's what I'm I mean, saying with imperialism. Colonialism and imperialism have only been happening for like a hundred years. How are we supposed to know? a hundred years guys it's not long enough yeah marvel boy is there to recruit gorilla man who is apparently hiding out in the jungle punching out lines to avoid his wife basically and now you've read i've uh started reading but haven't finished the gorilla man series does his wife actually figure into that or no well cause, i mean also you gotta think too i mean this part's taking place during the 1950s which technically which is now the kind of the weird thing, because technically this all did happen in 616, yeah, we'll sort get, of? we'll get back to that towards the end. But yeah, so we'll talk about that. But no, I mean, his wife never really factors into it, because then there is the rest of the Agents of Atlas series takes place in the modern day, so his yeah. wife would be long gone by that point. Mm-hmm. And uh, meanwhile, the other part of the team, Jimmy and 3D Man, are trying to find Nomura. Yes. And Nomura leads them to the fantastic underwater cities of Atlantis, where, by the docks of some weird New York harbor, is M11, the killer robot. The human robot. He's the killer robot. Yeah, but here he's just human robot. Yes. And then after that, you have Venus, everyone's favorite love goddess, mm -hmm. who with the magical power of her song can turn anyone... And who is fighting to love. Yeah, she turns any weapon into an instrument of peace. I mean, does that mean, like, if you try to shoot at her with a gun, it would turn into something else, or... I assume so. 
I mean, we don't really see that illustrated at all here. She just distracts people. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think they're actually... She was kind of an overpowered character in their, uh, series. Yeah. Which is why, I mean, that's why she's always one that they have to take down first. She's, like, very frail because she had to give up all her other godly powers, so... If they can stop her from the song, dead. Yeah. But, uh, they're, they were actually looking for Namor, and for a second I was like, wait, why can't they find Namor? And it's like, oh, he's still frozen. 1950s. And so the team ends up uh, lining up and we get sort of the origin points of where everyone came from. Because all of these were characters back when Marvel was still Atlas Comics, which is why when they do get launched as their own miniseries and then whole series, they are the Agents of Atlas. Yes. And uh, Jimmy Woo was a character from Yellow Claw. Uh, Ken Hale, Gorilla Man. Had tried to kill a mystic gorilla in Kenya in Men's Adventures number 26. Venus had her own magazine in Venus mm-hmm. in the 1950s. Human Robot was a Kilotron who was set to kill everyone in a room, and then I guess his parameters of what a room is vastly expanded until he fell into water. And he was from Menace number 11. And Chuck Chandler, that is the name of the 3D man. Him and his brother Hal get caught with some sort of exploding rays caused obviously by the scrolls which then made sense for when he joined the scroll kill crew mm-hmm. but yes whenever he, they put on this one pair of 3d glasses they can emerge to become 3d man but only for three hours and he premiered in marvel premiere number 35 yeah oh and marvel boy first premiered in marvel boy number one. Oh yes yeah because we had already gone over his origin and, uh, one thing I do want to comment, Gorilla Man has some weird-looking hair. It, like, changes style so much, but part of it is, like, the classic nerd halfway comb-over. Yeah. And then he's it's got... kind of like the curtains that are coming down off his face. Yeah. It, I, I don't think it works. No, it doesn't, which is why they just made him look like a flat-out gorilla when Jeff Parker took over the Agents of Atlas. Which, everyone who has not read that... Go out and buy all the volumes now. There's like five of them. And all of them are amazing. And you can probably find them because it was not appreciated in places like Half Price Books. Yep. Half Price Books. Please sponsor us. Yeah, basically, Agents of Atlas was so underappreciated that number five, the last half of it is actually just text because they did not actually get to illustrate the rest of the damn issue. Yeah, there's like uh, three scripts at the end of uh, Jeff Parker's Exiles run that are the same way he had uh, written them and it got canceled. <laughs> but we aren't talking about Exiles because the... About Agents of Atlas. Exiles in two more weeks. Yes. And right now, it's up to... Our uh, team to protect the president, who may be the Watcher, or he may be Eisenhower. Yes. Yeah, it's hard to tell. They both have big bald heads. And they both love golf. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's why he's on the moon, because Neil Armstrong put on that moon golf course. Exactly. And while they are guarding the president, he is kidnapped by villains. And... One of these things that stood out is every time something goes wrong, 3D Man has to make a comment like, I sure would have died if it wasn't for my 
endurance of three men. It's like, you don't need to talk about your tri-power every single time. Basically, he feels inadequate with the rest of the group and wants to make up for it by talking about how masculine he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, there's a talking gorilla. That's super cool. Oh man, there's an alien. That's super cool. Oh man, there's some crazy FBI, man. That's super cool. There's a goddess. That's pretty cool. Oh cool. yeah, yeah, man. No, I, I, I have the power of three people. I'm cool too, guys. Respect me. Well, actually, I mean, Jimmy Woo was also important because he was one of those rare Asian characters who was not a racist stereotype. Mm-hmm. So, good on you. I still hope that he'll appear in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, I mean, he he did appear in the uh, Avengers, in... Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah. Even though he wasn't fully wooed out. No. But he is referred Woo. to by Woo. name, though. Yes. And that was at least good enough for me. Well... You take what you can get. Yeah. He also appeared in the Ultimates, too, so he was actually... He made the jump into another universe. Cool. Until we cover the Ultimates, we're only going to talk about Ultimate Jimmy Woo. <sighs> he and Carol Danvers are partners. They're S.H.I.E.L.D. Mem uh, members. Uh, anyways, the gang gets into a fight since the present has been stolen, and it takes Venus to calm them down. They're like, hey, you're right. We're a team. We're going to be... The Avengers! Well, no, their actual cry is, Go, Avengers, go! Which they voted on. Yep, I like that one, too. Yeah. Though, the lettering was a bit weird, so I wasn't able to tell if it was, Go, Avengers, go, or, Go, Avengers, co! Like the Avengers company. No, it's Go, Avengers, go. It's like Go, Dog, go. Go, you Dog, see, go. These comic book characters were actually... The inspiration for Dr. Seuss and Go Dog Go, which was then in turn the inspiration for Speed Racer. <laughs> and uh, Yellow Claw, not understanding how the U.S. government works, decides that he is going to blackmail the United States into giving him some of the eastern states or else he'll kill the president. It's like... You don't understand. That is literally why they have a order hierarchy. Yeah, it's the 1950s. <laughs> yep. Every time something comes up, it's the 1950s. <laughs> yeah. They and, don't uh, know better then. Yeah. They don't know about Africa. They don't know about how being casually racist they're all being. It was the 1950s. <laughs> Meanwhile, the daughter of the Yellow Claw and Jimmy Woo meet for a secret rendezvous. And then he gets captured. Yep. And uh, Sue Wan ends up contacting the Avengers because they're going to need help to fight the evil uh, enemies. And do you want to go over those guys? I totally want to go over that list of evil enemies. Well, first off, you got Skullface, the skeleton of an alleged demon burned at the stake centuries ago. Who's pretty much a skeleton in a purple cape. Yeah, I mean, he basically looks like death. Yeah. Like all like the ones that uh, Thanos is in love with. And the one who's in love with Deadpool. <laughs> then you have everyone's favorite, The Great Video. It's a man who has x-ray vision. And well, if he stares at you long enough, you'll die. Well, he's just a video. I don't think he's the Great Video. I have the issue right here. It says, The Great Video. Okay. 
He's got some weird domino mask and like a tuxedo and a cape. He's sort of your Basil Sabine type yeah. villain with a few extra, a lot of extra weight. Then we have the Electricity Assassin, Electro. Coming out before everyone's favorite Spider-Man villain, Electro. He is kind of this weird green fuzzy looking man with a red fez, a red speedo, and because of some great dedication there, he has the hammer and sickle emblazoned on his chest. I'd say he looks like Drax, but communist from before Drax got the design reboot. Yeah. Except, yeah, communist, like I said, which is honestly a great premise. Oh, absolutely. Again, I mean, again, this was like all the 1950s comics. It's like all they were do into was stereotyping. And then we have our last villain. The Cold Warrior. He was basically just Iceman. And I love that they make a point of, normally the Cold Warrior who's American and Electro wouldn't get along, but they're all being mind-controlled. Yep. Are so, they all being mind-controlled or is it just Ice Warrior? I think they're all being mind-controlled on some level. Okay. But this Cold Warrior is, after all, an anti-communist. So says the Yellow Claw. <laughs> and so they all get into a fight, and there is some great stuff like Gorilla Man just tossing Cold Warrior into Skull Face, who's literally just a bunch of bones, so he falls apart. I also love the two that they keep saying that, oh, every once in a while, Eisenhower almost dies from a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> because he's getting too stressed out from everything that's going on. It's like, yo, Claw, maybe you should have also done a little bit of research into who you were kidnapping, so you wouldn't have had this problem. Yeah, I mean, it does look like a massive oversight. It's like, oh, shit, Eisenhower died. I guess we have to, uh, I guess we have to kidnap the vice president after he's sworn in. Does he know who that even is, though? Do you know who was the president during Eisenhower's term? Heck no. <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, it was a tricky dick? I think so. Actually, yeah, I think it was tricky. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a tricky dick. Mm-hmm. And uh, they end up defeating the evil enemies. And it turns out that, oh, there's a bomb. But only the three-powered hearing and the 3D man can hear it. Otherwise, Jimmy would have gone splode. Hey, 3D man can really give you a run for your rubles. And M11 takes it like a champ. God letting bless the bomb you. hitting him. God bless you, human robot. But he doesn't die. Because mm -hmm. he's a freaking human robot. <laughs> yep. And with that, there's about six months of unknown team activities... Where Eisenhower's like, hey, you know, maybe it's not the best idea to have all of you weird guys here fighting crime. You're all fired, and your records are being erased. Yep. I mean, I really actually liked that, because also, because again, going back, it's the 1950s. This is when Frederick Bertham had just published, basically condemning comic books as corrupting the youth. Mm -hmm. And this is what led to the Comic Codes Authority, which all these comics would have been some of the ones that he would have used as to incite for why comics were evil and corrupting of the young. I actually didn't think about the uh, Wordham connection. Yeah. But I thought that the, uh, the populace would be afraid of you worked pretty well considering... Marvel. I mean, that part, but yeah, but it was like specifically... I mean, he basically referred to each one by their trope of each one of their type of novels, so no, I always, I took it as a little jab at Wortham in the whole Comics Code Authority. 
And then uh, back in the 616, Iron Man is like, hey, this team is just like us. The robots like the Vision. I'm a futurist like Bob the Uranian. Venus, you and Thor both have blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> and Jimmy Woo. Who was Jimmy Woo like? Uh, oh, I don't even think he got listed. Way to go, Iron Man. Way to get dick. Because yeah. it was 3D Man was like Cap, and oh. then it was uh, Beast is like Gorilla Man. Jimmy Woo is once again an example of Asian erasure. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that really ends the, uh, team for a while until, uh, you had, uh, Avengers Forever, which ended up bringing them into continuity, yeah. so they existed, and then in 2006, Jeff Parker and Leonard Kirk brought them back in a few series. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. First it starts with them trying to, once again, defeat the Yellow Claw. And then after that, you have them taking over the Agents of Atlas Foundation, where they then rebel against such people, such as Norm. Oh, uh, the best one was uh, Norman Osborn's Dark Reign, where they basically they start to now pose as supervillains in order to stop Norman Osborn. So the first thing they do is they rob all the gold from Fort Knox. Which is great. <laughs> yep. Which Osborn was going to use on some terrible weapons program. Yeah. That's what you get with comics. Yep. And, yeah, I think that wraps it up for... Uh, it wraps that one up. Yeah. That was a quick one. It was a quick one. I like that one, though. And luckily, we had a submission for Trials of the Multiverse. Uh, this comes from Chaos Monkey on Twitter, who brought up the What If the Avengers Fought Galactus? which is Earth 929. And it's a weird story because uh, Reed Richards ends up crashing the experimental jet, and so a majority of the Marvel Universe changes. It's actually, I mean, honestly, for me, I think this is probably one of the better Marvel Universes in terms of, like, safety because everything seems to work out for the better. Yeah. Because uh, Doctor Doom no longer hates Reed Richards because Reed Richards is dead. Yeah, he is friends with Nick Fury. Yeah, so he no longer comes to, back to America to exact revenge on him. So yeah, he tries to fight off all his neighboring, like, lands. Communist yeah, countries. all the communist countries that are trying to take him over. So yeah, he teams up with Nick Fury's shield in the western half of the world. And yeah, they fight them off together. And Doom becomes best allies of shield and Nick Fury and everyone else. Which is like... What can't they do, then? Yeah. And because Johnny Storm never stumbles across him, Namor is still a hobo. Captain America never... Well, correction. Captain America never gets thought out, but at least from the picture, it looks like he becomes the new god for all of the Eskimos. <laughs> there was one of them who was clearly bowing down to him, and was just like, okay. Well, I still remember the, uh... Uh, the secret... Uh... Or the original Sins issue, where it's uh, the one guy who had accidentally urinated on the frozen Captain America. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, you got that guy who, I guess nobody ever finds, nobody ever reports finding a guy frozen in the ice. Fun fact, though. Jimmy Woo finds him frozen in the ice. That's another issue for another day. <laughs> and so we're left with Goliath, 
Wasp, Iron Man, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, and Hawkeye as our team until Iron Man is like, hey, this is okay working with you guys, but I've got other Iron Man stuff to do. And... God of Last. Yeah. Uh, Galactus shows up on Earth. Well, so... No, first, the Watcher makes everybody on Earth start freaking out by showing waves of fire. And then Silver Surfer shows up, Galactus shows up, and the team starts getting in new recruits. Hercules and Thor show up, and Goliath fastball specials Hercules, which is amazing. Yeah, that was amazing. And Galactus is uh, not sure what to do, so he calls the Punisher, which is not... Frank Castle, but it's his giant cat robot. Yeah. And he gets into a fight with the Hulk. Uh, oh, and then Iron Man is sent to do the Johnny Storm task of getting the ultimate nullifier. Yeah. And because he's wearing a metal suit, it sets off all of Galactus's ship defenses. And he just gets shot down. Pretty quick. And... Uh, everyone except for Hercules is just getting the snot kicked out of him. Uh, Swordsman shows up. For half a second. You'll stop me with my zap. (laughs) (laughs) He just gets lasered to death. And, uh, meanwhile, Silver Surfer has the, uh, has Mjolnir, uh, stuck in space. So Thor reverts back to, uh, Donald Blake. And... That was still a thing at that time. Yeah. And so you get a giant kaiju battle between the Watcher, who is breaking his vow of non-violence, and Galactus. Which I was like, hell yes. <laughs> Guys, this is basically like watching King Kong fight Godzilla. It was great. Yes. And uh, Galactus just beats the Watcher, eats his life force, and then he's like, oh, yeah, I sort of feel bad about that. But now I don't have to blow up Earth. And by that point, Thor comes back and is like, I'm going to kill you. And Flash is like, fuck off, bro. I'm going home. Yeah, and uh, Silver Surfer returns everyone who had died to life. And he's like, hey, Galactus, uh, I want to see why the Watcher would give up his life for this planet. So I'm going to stay here. And, okay. Yeah, Galactus really doesn't care. And we ter- we find out that the Watcher really wanted us to know about this universe because he died here. Yep. I mean, I really like this one. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, once again, not only does Doctor Doom team up with everyone, but now, at least for me, it seemed like Galactus was now permanently, like, satisfied. Yeah, I mean... Just the way he was acting. Like, I feel like he's not going to have to go on to the next planet and kill more and more and more and more. Mm Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, he seemed like, I mean, so, yeah, no, Galactus is fixed. Doom is completely fine as on an awesome team up with the rest of the world. Mm Mm-hmm. Would you read a Doctor Doom Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Oh, absolutely. I'd read a Doctor Doom anything. The series that I'm really hoping, Marvel, if you're listening, please make. I really want a Doctor Doom, J. Jonah Jameson team-up series. Where both of them try to squash Spider-Man. I would read that. Everyone would read that. And uh, Highest selling comic ever. Get in touch, guys. Well, would Scotty Young do the art for it? No, well, yes, but J.K. Simmons would be the one who writes it. Awesome, and so let's add that and Agents of Atlas onto our list of every universe ever. 
So let's start with the Agents of Atlas universe. Where would you say this goes? Agents of Atlas will always rank at number one. Yeah, that would be putting it above Identity Wars, yep. which... Uh, Again, you make your own separate list. No, we've got to do this together, otherwise... Oh. otherwise... You already disagreed last week and you just completely ignored what I said, so no. Well, no, this week, I'll let you put it at number one. Bam, number one, Agents of Atlas... Or, well, what if the Avengers were started in the 1950s? Whatever. It's Angels of Atlas. And then, where do you want to put Earth-929? I mean, that was a great issue. That was a great issue. I'd actually put it... I'd probably put it second. Yeah. I am definitely fine with that. I mean, it definitely felt a lot more complete in some ways than even Identity Wars did. Yeah. And then there were also two additional stories in the back there. What if Keith Richards joined the Fantastic Four instead of Reed Richards. Well, what if the Fantastic Four was led by Keith Richards instead of Reed Richards? Uh, whatever. But yeah. Same uh, thing. Yeah, I love how Keith Richards is riding on a rocket on the outside. It's got the uh, Rolling Stones sticky lips on it, and everyone else ends up with superpowers. Somehow Reed Richards ends up with superpowers. And joins the Rolling Stones. Yeah, and uh, Keith is just like, Hey, let's rock out! Screw saving the world. <laughs> yes. And then my favorite, ah, bo super boring Reed Richards, still back to his super boring self. Oh, gosh, if we all, like, adjusted the knobs on these amplifiers, blah, 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 blah. And Mitch Harry's like, oh, God. Yeah. Are, do you Where think, did this man come from? <laughs> do you think that he is going to make a uh, stereo that goes up to 11? Probably. Also, though, if you think about it, Reed Richards would probably actually be an amazing guitarist. Just based on how much he, like, stretches fingers, like, he could, like, quickly move down the guitar deck. Well, he could I mean, probably do a six solo. Well, and if they wanted to get into more experimental stuff, he would be the person to go, Hey, Reed, we need a really cool recording space. Well, I've found a dimension where everyone sounds like bees. I mean, yeah, like, any sound that they want, they could just describe to him. Reed could probably make a machine that did that noise. Yeah, I I am in full support of this universe. Uh, is that going to be above Identity Wars? I mean... Part of me says it's going to be like in its own like little pocket universe. <laughs> of phenomenal. I don't know if I can give it over Identity Wars. I'll put it in at number four. Okay. And then uh, that was Earth 9290, because they're trying to keep that 929 numbering system. Yep. And then the last one we have is, what if Wolverine was the worst there is at what he does, which is Earth 9291. Poor Wolverine. Yeah, it's pretty much him making one of his Claremontian monologues and then just falling to the ground while Sabretooth... He slips on a banana peel. Yeah, and then Sabretooth just looks on confusedly. At the same time, though, and as they mentioned, he has the healing factor, so that it, he at least has that going for him. I don't know. I, I think that just prolongs his pain. I mean, if he didn't have that and he died there, it might be a bit better for That's true. Logan. You could have left him behind, soldier boy. Yeah, poor Wolverine. So, I, I'm divided, uh... I mean, part of me both loves it, and also, no, just throw it all the way down. Do we want to put it right above uh, Magnus's home universe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No one so, likes Magnus's home universe. That will be second from the bottom of the list. 
And uh, those were all in uh, What If, Volume 2, Number 41. Uh, if you'd like to follow us on Twitter, we are at MultiversalQ. Yep, and you can follow us also at MultiversalQ.com, or you can send us an email at MultiversalQ at gmail.com. And we are also on iTunes and Stitcher. Stitcher. They want us to promote Stitcher. Maybe That's... money. Yeah. Money, please. And uh, we're also on Potomatic, if you want to use that. Sure. And, yeah. Wait. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And I'm at Fredo Fett, F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T. Thanks for listening to Multiversal Q, your guide to the comic multiverse, now in podcast form.